I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Wallacer are here. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, Doug and Jess are here, ready to get to the phones, and we have got a very special guest coming up shortly. Really excited to have this person in studio with us. I want to remind everyone the number to dial is 866-391-1020, Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdkradio.com. And let's give away that $25 gift certificate to Sorgles before we officially get underway. Tenth caller at 412-922-1020. So now that you're back uh, getting the stones set up at Soldier's Field, you have to be excited about your next weekend. And before we talk gardening, give me a little Rolling Stones. It was great to see him back. Yeah, they did it. It, was, yeah. it wasn't bad. Mick. I methodically, obsessively looked through the every song yesterday <laughs> how, to see how, how they did. Seriously, how do they do this? I, I mean, don't know. It's amazing. And I'm happy for Mick, big fan. So everybody's alive and well, and the Rolling Stones are touring again, and you're going to be seeing them soon. So you can tell me all about that when you get back. Good morning, Doug Oster from Everybody Gardens and the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Wallace. We do have a special guest today. Micah Trebu from Plumline Nursery is here. He'll join us after the 7.30 news break. He is a tree and shrub expert. We're going to have fun talking to him. And today... Is a pollinator party at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse in Cecil. It's just off the Bridgeville exit. It's a celebration of the end of Pollinator Week, and you can get a free milkweed plant. That is the only host plant for monarch butterflies. I'll be giving that away today at 2 o'clock and then talking a little bit about what plants to add to your garden for pollinators. Today, 2 p.m. at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse. And I saw the first signs last night of damage to tomato plants where the bottom leaves had started to turn spotty brown and yellow. And I think it's the first of many things like that we are going to see after all that rain. Yeah, it's been rough. And I, my tomatoes so far look good, but uh, I've been hearing from a lot of gardeners as well that are starting to see signs of blight and septoria leaf spot on those lower leaves. When you see them just crick break those leaves off or use a nice sharp pair of scissors to cut them off of the plant and don't throw them in the compost pile, throw them away or put them in the burn pile uh, and get rid of them that way so you don't spread the spores. But it's a wet season like this, you're going to have fungal issues. Just we're going to have to deal with it. But the positive is it's a tropical rainforest out there. Yes. You were saying your pole beans were... (laughs) I have never, by this time of year, I have never had my pole beans already at the top of my trellis, which is like almost seven feet tall. And they're growing up over the top of my trellis. And I have tomatoes that are doing the same thing, that are taller than I am, that are starting to flop over the top of a trellis. And just about everything else I can think of that's in the garden growing is growing like crazy. Yeah, it's a little a little bit wild, but and I haven't had much time to spend in my garden. I uh, was at the International Master Gardener Conference uh, yesterday. It was this past week out in Valley Forge, which is near Philadelphia, and uh, I heard from everybody there that that they just had a wonderful time touring all the public gardens there. And you know, it was always nice to hang out with kindred spirits. And I ended my presentation with one of my favorite videos of all, which is of a little 
parasitic maggot that it was just Ugh. it was a great way to end the master it's a great conference. way for people to wake up and have right. breakfast exactly video it was after a... breakfast though my talk was like right no, after but breakfast, everybody's eating so, their breakfast yeah. right now and you're talking about a video i know of but that's what i thought was really funny <laughs> It's like only it a gardener. Su- it doesn't surprise I us. I know only a gardener. Gardeners would appreciate that that type of information. But it was it was a great day. It was a great group of people. You know, and you get that many garden lovers together. It's always a good time. And if you haven't got all your stuff planted yet, I don't either. <laughs> I, I did some planting yesterday. Bought a couple flats of flowers and stuff. It was fun to get my containers going. I'm using a, and I don't know the name of it, but I found this ornamental millet. That is chartreuse with like red stripes in it. So I'm oh, using wow. I'm using that as a a thriller in a lot of my containers, and we'll see how it does. It probably really wants full sun, mm-hmm. and so I've got it in part sun in some places, just real sh- shady. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it does. Mm-hmm. You know, if it'll how the color will be and such, but I just I like the way it looks. It's something different to put in the center of my containers, and uh, lots of sales out there. Mm-hmm. You know me. Yeah. Mr. Cheapskate. And chartreuse but. is such a great color in the garden. You know, some people, when when these all these chartreuse foliaged plants started coming out, some people are like, oh, they look diseased or they look like they, you know, don't, don't have any nitrogen. But they really have so much to offer in the garden. I have some really cool chartreuse coleus in the garden this year. I've got a chartreuse elderberry, that uh, lemon I bought a whole flat of chartreuse uh, coleus yesterday. They add, especially if you have a lot of shade, there's such a nice pop of sort of light colored foliage for the shade. Just lights up a Just, corner. It really does. It really does. You know, some sometimes I think in a tree that chartreuse foliage looks makes it look a little bit anemic. But although I saw one, I don't know what garden it was. I'm trying to think of the tree. Don't you have a maple that has those kind of leaves now? I do. I have a Japanese maple yeah. that has chartreuse leaves and it's it's really lovely. But I mean like the I think I saw trees. a big oak. Yeah, somewhere really? in England that had wow. yeah, and I thought it was stunning, but I know what you mean. Yeah, you know, it's like it's kind of a weird color, but I love playing with that color in the in the garden. Uh, you know, what doesn't go with chartreuse? That's probably what well, I planted. No, what red- color doesn't go with chartreuse? Uh, I, I like reds. I like burgundies. Purples. Yep, burgundy and purple I think look the best. Um, Get pink. I guess pink wouldn't go. That's light pop- pink definitely yeah. wouldn't go, but like a hot pink might or orange would look really good with it. I did put some orange impatience in. Yeah, I am worried about losing my impatience here at the end of the season. Mm. Last couple seasons, especially with all this rain early on, you know, uh, impatient downy mildew has been a it has been around forever, but it's been a problem the last probably five years. Yeah, and we'll see. But I don't really have as far as annuals go. Now I have got you know I always have more and more perennials, but my containers, you know, you're always going to have a, spi- a a place for annuals. And for me, in my shade, impatience just do so well. I wish I could afford to buy double impatience, but mm-hmm. they're in the big, you know, three-inch pots. Mm-hmm. Why can't why can't there be a flat of double impatience? Well, because they're vegetatively propagated; they're not seed propagated, so they they propagate them from cuttings. Whereas when you buy a flat of impatience, they're, they're grown from seed, so they're much less but expensive. You can't to grow produce. a double from seed. Uh, I don't think so. I think they're all vegetatively propagated. Well, they had to get it's started like clone, somehow. Like clone, yeah, from a random chance mutation, and then from then on they were vegetatively propagated. I'm refer- there might be I'm some there, but not that I know. A, as a random chance mutation, you are a random. You are a one of a kind, Doug Oster. Thank you. There is absolutely oh, thank no you doubt so about much. that. Thank you so much. I know it was a compliment. <laughs> hey, we have a winner. Uh, it's Lynn in Wexford. Congratulations, Hooray. Lynn. We so do she's have a right close to Sorgles there. 
You know, I just thought I'd just start staring at people on the air, see if somebody will like start talking before me. <laughs> you know, I have nothing else to We've add. We've been talking this whole segment. Rob. I know, I know. I have nothing else to add. What else is going on? So we got a, we got a little bit of time left here before we go to break. What else is on your mind? Japanese beetles. Jessica saw the first Japanese can beetle. Can they actually destroy rose bushes? No, they can eat the foliage. I mean, here's the thing: people freak out about them, but the truth they is, they never bothered me. They do, they they are going to defoliate it. A little bit. They can make it not look so good, but it's not, they're never going to kill your plant. It's not the end of the world. I mean, I have seen whole blueberry bushes, whole raspberry bushes, whole rose bushes covered in Japanese beetles. And the next year they come back and they're just fine. Like they're, they're not going to kill the plant. If they really bother you, I just say knock them off into a jar of soapy water in the morning. That's what I do. But yeah. Yep. I mean, and you can cover like my blueberries. If they get really bad on the blueberries, I'll knock them off the plant and then cover the plant in that floating row cover, uh, which sort of, you know, puts a protective barrier over it. Doesn't make the, a rose look so good because then you can't enjoy the blooms because they're covered in uh, that floating row cover. But I actually have found a great trap crop for Japanese beetles. I always grow that annual called Kiss Me Over the Garden Gate, which gets, it's a huge plant and that is their most favorite plant. And they choose to go to that plant over anything else in my garden. So a few feet away from my blueberry bushes, I always grow Kiss Me Over the Garden Gate. And all the Japanese beetles go over there and they completely ignore the blueberries. Mm, that's a good idea. Works like a charm. All right. Just remember that hopefully your neighbor's up for that kissing over the garden gate. <laughs> all right. We'll take it's a just break. just the name of the plant, not an actual action. That's a pretty cool name, though. We'll be back. Stay with us. Much more to come and a very special guest from Plumline Nursery within 20. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, we got a dollar bank instant access. As we get back, we're going to get to your calls in just a moment. Um, Doug mentioned ornamental millet. Uh, could you suggest any other thrillers? I typically use spike in my flower boxes. Would like to hear additional suggestions. Okay. Assuming you have full sun, right? If she's going to use a Dracaena spike, then or he is going to probably have full sun. Yeah, and again, if it was me, I guess I'd probably throw that spike in because I don't have any full sun, you know? Yeah. I mean, what are your options there? For me, the, the spikes don't work. It's just not for me, you know? And everybody has a different thing that they use. A, you know, I'll use a big salvia, mm -hmm. like uh, that one I love called Wendy's Wish. I'll use that as a, a thriller. Uh, I have I'll the black a, and blue one. Yeah, that's, that's a, really a cool, cool one. Uh, I'll use uh, a big caladium mm -hmm. as a, a thriller in the shade. Uh, full sun, though. You could, could use be, an elephant ear. Yeah, yeah. It's sort uh, of that tropical I look. actually used uh, a couple. I found a couple banana plants cheap nice. uh, that were about, you know, a foot and a half tall. They were good. I'm sure they'll be too big at the end of the season. They'll yeah. be, you know, like five feet tall, but... I'm not worried about that now. I'm just worried about it lo what it looks like now. <laughs> <laughs> I have one of my favorites this year that I did as a thriller in the center of uh, the containers on my back porch was the Persian Shield, um, which oh, is it's idea. not a bloomer, but it has this fantastic purple variegated foliage that is just knock your socks off. And I partnered that purple with red, uh, red petunias and it actually looks really oh, cool together, cool. that purple and red together. Um, I also love the Brugmansia. The big angel trumpets. And that's huge. They can get to be tree size, but right now mine's only maybe about two feet high and it actually has some blooms on it um, and they're pink and they're lovely. Uh, so that's another good. I mean, there's just, 
the thing for me is when I walk into a nursery, I don't have planned in my head what I want to be in my containers. I maybe pick like a color scheme and then I go in there and I see what they have. Um, I also, on my front porch, I did that. Have you seen the popcorn plant? Mm-hmm. That's a really cool plant. So I did that at the center of a pot and then I have orange million bells and that lemon sedum coming over the side and then some pink profusion zinnias, like hot pink. So it's a little crazy color combo. We should actually refresh people on thriller filler and spiller what we're talking about yeah. because to us it's just like that's the way you do it it's but, the lingo right um so the thriller is the the big one in the middle that uh is the star of the container then around it something a little shorter you know three or four fillers and then something to soften the edges that spills over uh, and that's always the challenge now in my case, again, you know, I'm I'm wa- I'm waiting for a lot of my spillers to go on sale. So, some a lot of my containers have thrillers and fillers, and I'm waiting for the spillers to go on sale. I was looking, I was trying to find a spiller yesterday that was in a flat, you know, where I could buy however many of them. You, you know, are such a cheapskate. I know, but oh that's no gosh. surprise. Uh, you know, I actually was. I had planted a couple of different containers a week ago, and I subbed out the thriller. Yesterday, I was like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to put this in there instead and just swapped them out and hmm. threw a can. I have, actually have a big uh, South Pacific canna as a, that was the centerpiece of a, a piece. And I think I wanted to throw in there probably one of those millets, I think. I really, I really liked that. I, I bought all of those. Mm-hmm. You know, they were on sale. Okay. <laughs> it's Adela, Brighton Heights, up for Doug and Jess right now as we continue on the Organic Gardeners on KDK Radio. Good morning, Della. Good morning. How are you all this morning? Good. What's on your mind? Great. Um, our What we noticed the other day is that our tomato plants are wilting from the top down. And what I wanted to know was, um, is, should, is this, I, I'm assuming, like the bottoms look pretty good. The tops are all wilted over. And so should we cut those off? Uh, is this, should we take the plants out? Is this something that's like a fungus or some kind of a thing? I assumed that anything that was going to happen was going to happen from the bottom up. So I, we were just wondering what that was and what we should do about it. Well, do you think it's leaf curl or do you think it's drainage? Well, I was just going to ask her to explain wilting. What, yeah, what exactly what, does it look like? The um, from the stems, the the stems are just like um, have just kind of like drooped. They're all drooped over, and the leaves on those stems um, look like they're wilting. Okay, are these growing in the ground or in containers? In the ground. Okay, because um, that could be look a little bit like overwatering in a container. So if you if somebody out there listening is growing their tomatoes in a container and they have water mm-hmm. that sits in the saucer in the bottom, that's a mm-hmm. big no no, and that can sort of cause that dramatic wilting, which, which looks like underwatering, but it's actually overwatering in that case. Right, it looks like right. underwatering. Right, yeah. and it could be a leaf curl, which is just sort of a varietal issue. Are you growing a bunch of different types of tomatoes or all one type? No, we only have four, and, and they're they're different types. And my okay. husband put them in, and I know they're all different, but I can't even tell you what they are. Are they all uh, showing the wilt? Are they all all look bad, or just a few? I think we. I actually think one of them had no wilt, and the rest of them are wilting. And they're not even they're not even next to each other. They're kind of all in different spots away, and one is completely on the other side of the house. So um, it's not even like they're they're you know up against one another. They're 
They're all spread out. It's not. And the reason we're asking you all these questions is that's not something that we commonly see. So yeah. if you would say mm-hmm. it was a young seedling and it was a whole plant, I would say, oh, it's probably a cutworm. Uh, if you had said it, that you saw sort of like black gooey spots on the stem where the, you know, just below where you were showing the wilt, then, you know, mm-hmm. we could we could assess that as a type of blight. Um, it could be a root rot, like verticillium root rot. It, it is really hard to say without seeing the plant and without actually doing a, a diagnosis. Um, I might cut that part off and cut it down into the healthy tissue and then let the side shoots develop and cross your fingers that it's not a, uh, a vascular wilt of some type. All right. Thank you for the call. Listen, we've got lots of folks on the line wanting to talk to Doug and Jess. Just stay where you're at. Got a very special guest coming up in just a little while as well, too. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, let's begin the half hour by saying if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you're going to get a $25 gift certificate from Janoski's. Their summer festival continuing day two out in Clinton, Pennsylvania. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, your host of the program, Doug and Jess. And we're joined by our very special guest, Micah Tribu, Tribu, sorry, Micah, from Plumline Nursery and Michael, first off, where is the nursery? We're in Murraysville, um, east suburbs. If you get off the uh, Turnpike or the Parkway, head towards Monroeville, get off at the Golden Mile Highway, keep going straight, you'll eventually hit us. The, the thing is, uh, it's off the beaten path a little bit, and that's a good thing because that means you've got to have some really cool stuff. Yeah, we're surrounded by a uh, old housing development. We were there first, but everything kind of grew up around <laughs> us. Uh, yeah, sometimes it can be a little bit interesting giving directions, especially for delivery trucks and things like that. <laughs> I'll bet. And pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have your priorities, delivery trucks, pizzas. How did it begin? My dad started it uh, in the mid-70s. He was hydro-seeding on a road crew. I think they were doing the turnpike at the time. And his father had um, kind of given him an acre of land. So he started building his house there and... In the evenings, he was growing rhododendrons that he imported from, I think it was the Netherlands, which, I, yeah, back then, I mean, there was no internet. I have no idea where he was able to source <laughs> that sort of thing. But yeah, he started growing them and then sold one to a relative. And, you know, it just kind of grew a little bit year after year. And there's a very, very special tree in the center of the uh, nursery there that will astound you jess it, it it was planted by your dad right yeah he planted it uh the same time my sister was born my uh my older sister so that would have been like maybe 1977 and we you have just outed your sister on how old she is she's not listening okay <laughs> <laughs> lucky you <laughs> yeah we have we have pictures of the tree and her kind of standing side by side uh-huh. as as they've aged, and the tree has grown remarkably quickly and in that location. It's a weeping Japanese maple. Um, I think it's an ever red, but we're not a hundred percent sure on that. Amazing. And I've never seen one that big. And there have been people through the years that have actually tried to purchase that huge tree, right? Yeah, we had uh, we, we've had multiple offers. Um, the most notable was a fellow offered $30,000, although he wanted a guarantee that the tree would survive the <laughs> transplant. Oh, my goodness. 
I, I don't know how seriously my dad was considering doing it, but um, that was certainly a deal breaker. <laughs> yeah. So when uh, I need a source for trees and shrubs uh, for a story, I'm always coming to you. What is it about that specialty for you? What was what is it about trees and shrubs that that makes it your thing? Well, I think it was my dad's thing originally. So maybe I picked up on that passion just a little bit. Um, especially, you know, as I was growing up in it, you know, perennials were not really a big popular thing, like in the, in the eighties and early nineties, I, I remember a period of time where we did not sell perennials and mm. my dad referred to them as weeds. <laughs> and so, um, we've certainly come a long way. Our perennial selection at the garden center now is extremely vast and we sell a lot of them but yeah my heart's still in the trees and shrubs you know um part of that might be you know my trips out west are buying trips out to oregon you know where you get to see these vast beautiful fields of all the new and unique varieties of things um yeah that that probably has something to do with it for sure well i thought of you yesterday when my korean stewardia was blooming and i was like oh micah would love to see this yeah stewardia is one of my favorites is there something else that's underused in the landscape tree or shrub wise (laughs) that that you know that you've fallen in love with that maybe the general public it's it's hard to, to to explain to them what it is or to sell it to them oh yeah um my I think it's probably become my personal mission to make the <laughs> Inkyanthus, the red vein oh, Inkyanthus, yes. a common shrub in people's yards. All right, uh, so you t- you guys tell us what that is. What exactly is that? Well, it's sort of for me is like a mixture between a Pieris japonica, right? So it looks a little bit like a Pieris, has those little bell shaped flowers, uh, but then it sort of has the foliage of almost like a mountain laurel a little bit yeah it's it's kind of a cross between all of those um like shade loving pittsburgh pennsylvania you know western pa type things well well, this this is funny because uh i saw micah at the home show and we had talked about this plant before and i could not remember the name of it and i was trying to explain it to him and (laughs) i'm in the middle of this talk you know an hour later and he walks by and he goes Inkyanthus, is that how you pronounce it? (laughs) (laughs) So I stopped everything and said, Micah, that's awesome. (laughs) It was driving me crazy. And, you know, I made it my mission to not look at my phone when I couldn't think of the name of it. You know, I had to sit there and, you know, recall it from memory. I asked you a stupid question today when you walked in because I, I didn't know the answer. I said, why is purple the color for plumb line? Yeah, uh, we are on the border of Plum Borough and Murraysville, so the name Plum Line, it's, it's the you Plum know, Line. You know, I've always wondered that. I've yeah. always wondered that. Yeah, you know, and we tied in a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a, a stonemasons deal with the with the Plum Line, oh, you know, yes. so yeah. a straight line, uh, even handed, uh, you know, with business dealings and things like that. We've tried to make that a little bit of our motto. Uh, internally tell me a little bit about what you get out of working with these customers who have been coming back since you know back to the 70s well it's great and you develop these relationships and you know it it is it at some point they stop being customers you know and we we're a family business and so a lot of the employees are like family they've been with us for as long as i've been around and those customers are pretty similar. Uh, they they are family to me, a great deal of them. Um, you know, and 
even, you know, you don't have to be a long-term customer for me to appreciate you and appreciate what you're trying to do. Uh, anybody who's trying to beautify their little corner of the world, you know, I, c- I can really appreciate what they're trying to do. And there's also a little bit of a, I really enjoy the problem solving aspect mm-hmm. of it. Uh, there's just so many variables that go into making a garden or a landscape beautiful and not just beautiful, but successful, which, you know, over the long term can be kind of difficult. And we were talking about this off air, actually, and it, it's a good conversation because so many new homeowners or new gardeners they feel intimidated when they walk into a garden center because they it's a lot of plant material they feel like they don't they come in and they don't know very much and you want to make them feel good and feel welcome and you know we were talking off air and we sort of you know nobody walks in what do we use nobody walks into a golf store and automatically unless you have experience as a golfer know which golf clubs to buy and when people go into a garden center, they shouldn't expect to know exactly which tree to buy. And that's why you're there with all of your knowledge and they can ask you questions. A, a good quality nurseryman knows how to give the right answers. Well, thank you for calling me a quality well, you, nurseryman. <laughs> I know for a fact that you are. I know for a fact that you are. Uh, it, it is my whole purpose and anybody on staff at our retail center, it's our purpose to answer those questions. We want to answer those questions. And, you know, it's much more preferable. People come in there, uh, being humble and interested in learning, um, as opposed to maybe trying to tell me what they know, you know, as much as Jess and I work with plants, we learn so much at the nursery from people who work with the plants every, every day. day. Yes, mm-hmm. we we all learn every day. I, I learn something new that I had no idea about every day. Well, Micah Trabu from Plumline Nursery, stick around. Uh, we might have some questions for you as the calls get rolling in. We appreciate you coming. Thanks for having so me. So early in the morning down to the studio, and uh, we'll see you soon. All right, now Mike is going to stick with us. If you have a question, call us 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdkradio.com. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, congratulations, uh, Sharon and winner of that uh, wonderful gift certificate from Janoski's in Clinton. All right, uh, let's get right back to the phones. Let's head out to that great community that is Oakmont and say hi to Sue. Sue, welcome to the program. You're on the air with Doug and Jessica, KDKA Radio. Good morning. Yes, I'm growing Japanese eggplant, and the leaves are totally eaten with big holes in them. I was wondering if that's going to bother the eggplant. How large are the plants right now? Oh, about six inches high, Okay, seven inches high. And what percent would you say is defoliated? Oh, a good portion of it. Okay, and when you say big holes in the leaves, are you talking like dime size and bigger, or are they just small little holes? Um, Does it look small like small sh- and dime size? Does it look okay. like a shotgun blast? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. like when it looks like a, like a bunch of buckshot went through the leaves, it's flea beetle damage, and flea beetle damage is really really common on eggplants. It's one of their favorite plants. Um, mostly those little tiny shot holes are a, more of an aesthetic issue. Um, the plant often sort of 
begins to outgrow them. Um, if you're talking about bigger holes where they're dime size and larger, you probably have a slug issue going on, um, in which case you can use a slug control product that's based on iron phosphate. So something like Sluggo or Escargo, and you sprinkle it around the base of the plant and that will, um, it baits the slugs and then poisons them without poisoning wildlife. Uh, with the flea beetles, most at my house, I just let the plants outgrow the flea beetles. <clears throat> um, if you really wanted to make sure that you controlled them, you could use like a kaolin clay-based product uh, on there, which would help manage them as so well. So explain the kaolin clay, how that works. So kaolin clay is, it's like in kaopectate. It's in toothpaste. It's a natural product. It comes in a powdered form and you mix it with water. It's like a wettable powder and you spray it on the plant and it it makes the plant looks like it like it's covered in a white dust, and that keeps mm -hmm. the flea beetles don't like that on them. So that it keeps the flea beetles off. It's a deterrent for them, uh, and that works very well with um, with flea beetles, and also in the All orchard. Right, so yeah. it would have been better to do this immediately. Yeah, I mean, it's you're not going to get rid of the damage that you already have, but that would prevent the damage from getting worse. And we always know that eggplant are going to be attacked by flea beetles. Yeah, it's a sort of standard. Yeah. I tell you what, though, the one thing that has worked to keep the flea beetles off of my eggplants, which is too late for her now, but I have learned to always underplant my eggplants with bok choy. And I always start bok choy from seed. I buy just buy a packet of seed at the garden center, and I under so because they love the bok choy even more than they love the eggplants. And it sort of is like they go to that instead of going to the eggplants. Mm. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Could I get that at Penn Hills Nursery? Uh, probably. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Sue. All right. Next stop, uh, we got time for one more quick call. Let's go to North Hills. Say hi to Kay. Hey, Kay. Welcome to KDK Radio. Good morning. I have a question for Micah. I'd like to know the name of some flowering, uh, fast-growing trees. Not to put you on the spot or anything. <laughs> Just so I can get an idea. Aside from flowering and fast-growing, how large would you like it to get eventually? Oh, maybe 20 or so. Not real, real high, but 20, 25. Well, um... Japanese stewardia would be an excellent choice. Oh, we both love that. Yeah, tree. I'm a, I, I really love those. They grow pretty quickly, and they have these buttercup flowers. They're, they're, they're one of my favorite trees. I would definitely recommend that. And does that okay. stu stewardia do good in our climate? Yeah, grow, extremely right? well. We actually grow them uh, in our production facility at the mm -hmm. nursery, and we have no trouble with any of the winters or anything like that. Any other ideas? You know, the purple leaf plum, like the thundercloud, that would be an easy one. They grow really quickly. They're pretty inexpensive. They have the, you know, beautiful red foliage. So that would be a nice one. That's going to get right up to about 20 feet. What about like a um, one of those red buckeyes? Oh, yeah. Those absolutely. are really cool. Yeah. They're pretty fast growing, too. Well, I have how one big, of those though? Doesn't it, get, doesn't it get huge eventually? Uh, not the red buckeyes. They they tend to stay a little bit smaller, okay. maybe 30 feet or so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, like everything else, I mean, depending on how long we're planning on living, everything's <laughs> going to get too big for, <laughs> <laughs> for us. Well, Mike, I want to uh, thank you for coming in, representing Plumline. Plumline Nursery is uh, is an awesome place. You know, I love it out there. If you are uh, looking for a tree or shrub in Pittsburgh, this is the place to go I'll to find something what, though, they, fun. They got a, probably an acre worth of perennials and uh, all sorts of other stuff. It's just it's a fun place to shop. I I enjoy going there.
It's a lot of fun. Thanks so much for having me. All right, Jess, what's left to do in your garden? Are you done planting all your containers? Uh, I am definitely done planting all my containers. It's been a it's been a good season so far, especially not having to water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving that. <laughs> Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live. All right, again, thanks to Mike and, of course, Doug and Jess. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.